Welcome back to another episode of Create Your Life with your host, Tessa Lloyd. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we meet today, the Wadarong people of the Wadarong Aboriginal Corporation, and pay my respects to Elders past and present. Hello beautiful humans, we are up to episode 8 of Create Your Life and we are winding down for the year so our 10th episode is going to work in very well to end off the roller coaster and whirlwind and circus and shit show that was 2020. So it brings me Great pleasure to bring you episode eight, which is with my dear life mentor, Kat John. Um, So some of you might have seen Kat. She is very well known on um, Instagram for her dance parties, both in her lounge room and in the public arena where she holds these big, beautiful um, let's not give a fuck dance parties where people can free their shit through movement. Uh, So you might have heard of her there. She came into my orbit a few years ago and has since shown me so much, uh, especially while working one-to-one with her. So Kat has helped me work through um, some pretty tough times without necessarily knowing it um, and, and has anchored me into practices that have really blown things open for me at a time that has um, been a bit tricky for me as as we all have had in you know the past year. I just cannot wait to introduce you to Kat. She is running a movement called the Zero Fucks Movement and she is mentoring people one-to-one. She does meditations. She is a absolute badass queen lady boss and has shown me what it's like to lead with the heart fiercely and gracefully and how to coexist in my mess and how to support others to coexist in their mess. So I firstly want to thank Kat for being the wonderful woman that she is and so, so, so fucking real that it has allowed me the space to clear things that I needed to without feeling like I needed to be perfect or good or nice or sweet or quiet. So thank you, Kat. And yeah, here we go, guys. I'm going to welcome Kat into our beautiful circle now, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Create Your Life. We're here for our eighth episode. Uh, today we have Kat John and um, I'm just going to say it, I'll be fangirling for the session today because Kat is um, my coach at the moment and she has helped me through a lot of things and is still helping me and supporting me through um, creating an intentional life, which 
of course, is what this whole podcast is about. So Kat has been instrumental in that. Um, and I just want to welcome you, Kat. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. My pleasure, <laughs> Treasure. It's, it's really nice. It's nice to be on the other end, just be here for you. So yeah, I'm stoked. Thank you. So we started with looking at what's called our limiting beliefs about ourself, um, which we develop at a young age which was so interesting for me. Like it's stuff that I, I came to you and said, this is what I really want to know about. And that's something that I've really learned about as well. And it hasn't been, what I've really loved is it hasn't been a really big, scary journey. It's been an acknowledgement mm. and, and a coexisting with that, which I've Beautiful. really loved. Yeah, it's been so wonderful. Um, and we've also looked at our, so when we're acting from our stress and ego and how that can show up in our lives as well. And I think that you guys will be really interested in this because it really grounds down the, you know, the term ego and the term limiting beliefs. And, you know, I think what you call unfucking your life, <laughs> it really, it grounds it down um, in in really tangible ways where we can go, oh, fuck yeah, I do that every day. Oh my gosh, maybe that's linked to something that, you know, has happened to me in the past or a way that I believe I need to show up in the world. Um, yeah, so we're going to have a bit of a chat today about the work that Kat and I have done and then also look at, so coexisting with these beliefs, then how to create an intentional life, you know, regardless of it. And I think that that is something that I've watched you embody Kat and why I was so, well, one of the reasons I was so drawn to your work is that you believe in feeling the fear and doing it anyway and coexisting with the mess, which can, you know, when it comes down to our limiting beliefs, that yeah. can be a tricky thing as well to not have everything perfect, but still live a beautiful life anyway. So that's what we're going to have a chat about today and I can wholeheartedly say that Kat lives into everything she teaches which is really refreshing as well in a in a world of um I think there's a dark little corner of some people preaching things that they're not quite living into so it's been really wonderful for me to see you do that um thanks love oh, you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited to just that intro. Like, I'm like, hey, this podcast sounds good. Oh wait, yeah. I'm being I'm being interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to dive into our um, first question. Rock and roll. Can you tell us a little bit, bit about the ego and the sneaky ways that this can influence our life? Because I think we hear the word ego a lot, but not mm. all of us necessarily know what that means. Yeah, I think it's a it's a good question because um, I talk about it a lot in my posts and on my own podcast. And one of my friends, actually, she was listening to it. And she rang me up. She goes, oh, my God, I had no idea that the ego was like that. I just thought it was uh, when people act egotistical. Yeah. Like um, if, you know, you sort of meet a, a person who's got a lot of bravado or someone who has been a bit of a knob or someone who um yeah is kind of overpowering someone right or like if you if you think of typical egotistical you know at the gym and you're watching your muscles kind of pump and <laughs> and that kind of thing she said that's what yeah. I thought it was and I said cool that 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 actually can be part of it yeah I said um but also too 
Well, in answer to your question, the ego, it's, it's an orientation system. So it's depending upon what um, you believe in and your listeners believe in. But what I believe in is that prior to us coming here as, as to have a human individual experience, I truly believe that we were something outrageously magnificent mm. and limitless and of pure essence. Whether people want to call that pure energy or divine energy or universal energy, you know, shining bright as a star, whatever, right? I, I truly believe that. Mm. And we then come to have a human experience, an individual experience. And so we've got this divinity inside of us or this power inside of us, but then we're also a human being that has to learn how, ugh, how does the world work? How does the world operate? How do I need to operate in the world? What do I do to get love? What do I do to, to not be... Um, disapproved what do I do to be accepted and so we're trying to figure out or navigate our way through life and the system that develops that is the ego it's a it's a think of it as a navigation system that says right this is the life that you're born into this is what your environment is like depending upon your 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 parents so your mum could be a certain way your dad could be a certain way you might have siblings to be a certain way and you're observing that and wondering how the hell do I fit into this mm. how do I survive how do I get through this how do I not get in trouble how do I be a good girl or a good boy or overpower people or get my way and so that then forms or that is the ego forming mm. and and in our formative years, because that becomes such a fixation of how to survive in the world, the part of us that goes to sleep is that divinity, that, that powerful force inside of us. And so for a lot of years, we then identify with that egoic orientation and that navigation system. Yeah. The orientation system that says that, that maybe you decided when you were younger, well, in order to get mum and dad's love, I've got to do, I've got to go above and beyond, you know, I'm going to be the good girl, the perfect girl, get good grades, get good this, get good that. And so you develop a belief system and you subscribe to a belief system that says, in order for me to get X, I have to be Y. Yeah. And then over time that begins to manifest into a personality, into um, the way that you are. And then 20, 30, or maybe sometimes 40, 50 years later, we look at ourselves and we're like, what am I doing? What, what am I doing? I'm trying to be perfect or I'm trying to please or I'm trying to do this or I'm trying to do that and nothing's making me happy or nothing's working or I don't feel fulfilled or I don't feel whatever else. So that's where that's what the ego is and it's, it separates us. It separates us from that, that divinity, from that true self, from that invisible force again whatever you choose to call it mm. um which then makes us lose our true identity and live inside of a false one and mm. that's why a lot of people are generally unhappy mm. and generally unfulfilled and generally not jamming with life mm. and it's why we I imagine why we see a lot of you know not necessarily just midlife life crises but things along those lines where what you're saying, that bright star that we came as, when we can peel off those layers and get back to that and live wholeheartedly, that's the stuff where, that's the stuff that lights us up, right? And when we are going off on this path without knowing, because I, all I was thinking when you were saying that is, 
oh gosh, no wonder so many people don't know mm-hmm. because it was it was so ingrained in us and it has become such a big part of our identity mm-hmm. that I'm sure a lot of um, the listeners will resonate that you sometimes end up in a spot of like, who the fuck am I? Like, sure. what do I want? What do I want? What do I want for my future? What has even happened to me in my past? And that's what I really love about your way of approaching it, Kat, is that it starts to help you unpack it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Absolutely. Thank you for explaining that because I agree. Um, when I started, before I'd started with you, I was like, ego is the um, the man in the shiny car yeah. that, that toots you and fat arms it at the traffic lights. And yep. it's, you know, I think that that's linked to another limiting belief, but it's not necessarily all of the exactly exactly right that's one version but then you can have another person whose ego is telling them to play small yeah saying to them be small be invisible sit down take a seat don't show yourself don't Mm. uh, make too much noise don't take up too much space and for that person that's their orientation system that's their navigation system because maybe in their their upbringing and in their environment they had a sibling and this is actually true because one of my clients had this experience Mm. her sister was so rebellious and so destructive within the family Mm. she then decided okay well I won't I won't take up any more space and then what's needed mom and dad are are tired and you know they're they're fed up so I'll just I'll become invisible I'll Mm. blend into the walls and so therefore it's so the, the decisions that we make that form this ego are very, very innocent, but it's when we get later on in life, they're incredibly limiting. Mm. So yes, as you rightly say, it can be the, <laughs> the guy with a Ferrari or the girl with a Ferrari mm. and um, acting a certain way, but there's many other, there's many other um, versions of egos playing out. Mm. When, um, uh, I'll need to come back to that because my airy fairy mind has left my um, <laughs> my brilliant thing I wanted to ask you. It's left the building, but it'll come <laughs> back around for me. Um, okay, so when we actually that's what I was going to say. Yes, yes, thank you, subconscious. Um, yeah. Do you think the way that like we can sum that up is the ego is its predominant concern is how do we stay safe? How can yep. we keep you safe? And yep. so we're looking at you know when we see these beliefs, it's all right, what can we do to stay safe? I think that's what people can really be like, ah, yeah, Yeah. learn that that's safe. Absolutely. So for example, if as a child, you know, um, say in the home, they were severely um, emotionally or verbally abused by the parent, Mm. um, that little child may have, may make a decision to say, I will never ever let anyone fuck with me again yeah. I will never let anyone mess with me again so therefore they become very dominating or they're, they're quite closed off yeah. um, out of heart all up in head so for example that that decision is a decision that that felt so true for them to stay safe in the world mm. don't let anyone dominate you so therefore later in life or don't let anyone take control of you or don't let anyone mess with you so that person may go on dates and they might might meet the perfect person but 
they're so afraid of potentially being dominated or controlled or messed up that they keep pushing people away. So that that belief and that ego becomes a defense mechanism to yeah. say, this is the only way that I can stay safe in the world. So 100%, it's exactly that. Mm. What you just said too just makes me think that understanding this is a lovely way of having empathy for others and empathy for self. Yep. Because, you know, the, the traits that we show up with or we watch other people show up with and we've all been hurt and it's quite likely that the hurt that was inflicted on us is linked to what happened to them when they were younger and yep. what they they embodied as a way to be safe, which is a really nice 100%. way of having empathy. Yeah. 100%. Can, we, um, can we have a little bit of a chat about the different limiting beliefs that there are because I know that you and I have a similar similar one which we worked out quite um quickly but um can you I guess chat to us about some of the different ones so that the listeners can go oh yeah I'm friends with that and I'm not that I'm friends with someone who has embodied that yeah sure so in the work that I teach, there are nine primary limiting beliefs mm-hmm. and they aren't the only limiting beliefs in the world because we have other limiting beliefs. Um, but there are nine primary and then there are like a gazillion that will come off those. Yeah. So one of them is I need to be perfect. Another is I'm not worthy, not worthy of love or not deserving. Um, and that, that kind of personality um, profile is a people pleaser puts others before self, sacrifices the self for others, but over time will build an invisible resentment box because they're not thinking about themselves. They have totally abandoned their needs um, because serving others and getting um, a hit out of serving others feels like they're fulfilling their need, but they're not. Mm. um so that's that that's a num- that's the I'm not worthy limiting belief yeah well they are uh, the ones cat who will end up saying no one's there for me why is no one there for me and why do absolutely I others yep yep so once the resentment box is kind of built up um then they can they can turn nasty mm. they can uh shut people out or yell at people or start Um, you know, bitching and complaining to other people about how no one is there for them, that no one supports them. But the truth is they don't know how to support themselves. Their life is more about supporting others when in, so, so it's a, it's a mirror, it's a reflection, it's, or it's a projection to go, no, 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 mate. How well are you looking after you? Are you, are you serving you? Are you taking care of you? Probably not. Definitely. Another limiting belief is I'm not good enough. So these are the common, the primary limiting beliefs. So um, the I'm not good enough is, I mean, it's, it is, it, that's one of probably the most common limiting beliefs that, that people talk about. That will drive people to be so incredibly driven and um, incessantly driven to the point of burnout. Because if they're not doing something, then they're not doing enough. And that could be housework. That could be actual work. That could be project after project, next, next, next. Um, And it often can be, you know, high flyers work super late in the day uh, or work super long hours and sell themselves that they think that that's okay, but it's actually not. 
and they sell themselves true that if they just do this, then they'll be successful or then they'll be able to have this or then they'll be able to have that. So it's a real, if you think about that one, it's like a dog chasing their tail. Totally. And um, it's not, um, that's different to having drive for a project and, you know, fulfilling that and feeling that feeling, isn't it? Because what I'm yep. hearing is that you can never quite reach it because that's sure. there that even when I reach that, oh damn, I still don't feel good enough. All right. Time for the next thing. For sure. So it's, it's basing the not, it's basing feeling enough on an external thing, mm. whether it's, the house being clean or whether it's projects being completed or whether it's, you know, the amount of money in the bank account, the enoughness is based upon an external entity or an external, whatever you want to call it. Um, So therefore, you know, the, the, the constant search is, is going to be there really tiring, limiting belief, really tiring, limiting belief. Another one is I don't belong, which is our baby. (laughs) That's mine. And that's yours. Um, and this this is a this is a limiting belief where the likes of yourself and the likes of myself um, can find it really difficult to to belong in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we can create different worlds or fantasy worlds inside of our minds to avoid reality. Mm-hmm. It's also a limiting belief that has that um, I can do everything on my own. Mm. Uh, can be almost too comfortable being alone too comfortable in their own time and then they realize like "Ah, why am I sad why am I lonely and it's like dude you want fucking connection yeah that's why yeah so denies denies people getting close because this limiting belief has a real tragic story about them being so so um out of this world uh, yeah Yeah. and so just just something's inherently wrong with them and they really struggle with well this limiting belief really struggles with finding an identity that they feel like oh this is me Mm. this is me so they try on different identities for size Mm. um so yeah I mean you know what it's like yeah and it makes me like what I have thought about with this one and this has helped me so much because it's number one made me realize that in these little worlds I create I heighten basically everything and get really excited about things that don't necessarily deserve my attention Um, and I the way I think of it is that at the start of the world like my world I internalized that I was different And therefore, because I'm different, I don't need to necessarily belong. Therefore, I can't belong. Therefore, I'm a hangout in my dream world of, you know, creating stuff and da-da-da. And it's okay because I'm just different. But at the end of the day, that's what I had to work through about five years ago, being like, no, dude, you want connection. Mm -hmm. You want all of the things that everyone else wants. We're not some unicorn. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Our limiting belief thinks that we're we're special and exempt from, you know, ordinary ways of living, but but actually what we crave is the ordinary. Part yeah. of what we crave is the ordinary. And in the ordinary there can be the extraordinary. But um yeah, it's mm-hmm. a, it can be a lonely, very lonely limiting belief, this one. Mm-hmm. Um the 
other limiting belief is I need to be in control or I need to, or I need to control myself. I need to control others. I need to control situations at all times. So I, so, so you know what's going on. Um, so this limiting belief can live very much in their head sort of is like plotting out, you know, looking around reality and, and the world, trying to look at things mentally um, before they can enter into the world because that's how they're, they're trying to control what's going on in reality through their mind and can live so much up in their head um, that they tend to isolate themselves too. So this can also be an isolating, limiting belief. Mm. Um, so it's not so much like overtly controlling others. That's another limiting belief that I'll talk about in a moment. It's not about that. It's, it's this real like, oh, how it's a certainty, you know, yeah. it's this real seeking of certainty. And if it's not mm. certain because it can't then control kind of what's going on, then it'll isolate itself or this limiting belief will isolate um, themselves. So very restrictive, very rigid, um, and, and can be quite rules orientated too. Yeah. The other limiting belief, um, this is the sixth one. Yeah, this is the sixth one is um, not being able to trust the self. Mm. So has trust issues, trusting self, trusting others, and also trusting the world. Um, my youngest stepdaughter has this and wow, it's just, if I look at her and then I read up about this limiting belief, I'm like, wow, this is next level next level crazy it's just unbelievable so this limiting belief it's it's suspicious mm-hmm. you know is there an ulterior motive what are they doing what are they not doing is that what you really mean are you sure that's what you really mean but this limiting belief will also have this major cling on to people who they do trust so for example that's me for her she's like a koala she's like a baby koala to me mm-hmm. but then to others she's skeptical of she's you know always got an eye kind of looking out um so she can she can find it really difficult to open up to others um and so yeah this limiting belief will often say or this person with this limiting belief will often say yeah but you kind of can't trust everyone can you yeah you know you can't trust everyone or you know the world is a is a very scary place so this this limiting belief always goes about seeking certainty as well always and and worst case scenarios my stepdaughter she comes up with the wildest things the other day she said to steve the dad dad if you died could i still live with cat half my life like she goes to those extreme scenarios where you're like why do you need to know this why do you want to know but she'll do it about anything anything just extreme just so she knows just so she's got like this sense of, okay, okay, if, well, if, if, if that happens. So it actually leans in quite closely to the control limiting belief, um, but it's looking to see where she feels safe out in the world. I wonder if a lot of the people who, um, what do they call them, the doomsday preppers, I wonder if they all have that sort of limiting belief that, you know, I feel for them because someone has told them at a very young age, I would assume that the world isn't safe and that you need to prepare. Yeah. And that's an extreme yeah. version. Absolutely. Of what these, what people with this limiting belief are doing in their daily life. How can I anticipate and plan for everything? Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
poor little soul. She just gets her, her mind is, I'm just like, hey, 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 be here. Yeah. I'm like, what can you see? What can you smell? What can you taste? And she's like, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the seventh limiting belief is a belief about not having capacity within themselves so, or that they are unable to access capacity. And capacity meaning um, they, they, they can't or they don't have enough resources, they don't have enough money, they don't have enough uh, time, they don't have enough energy or they don't have the right person. So they're constantly on a search for um, accumulating resources in order to fulfill that they want, but they never feel like they have the capacity to get the resources to fulfill what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, someone that I know who's very close to me has this limiting belief. And also part of how they play out is um, they, because they don't believe they have the capacity, they're always like jumping from project to project to project to project, new project, new project, new project, new project, new project but never seeing them through it's so it sounds similar to the limiting belief of not being good enough but it's a little bit different because a not good enough person will get shit done whereas this other limiting belief won't because even though they want certain things they're constantly unconsciously reminding themselves that they don't have capacity inside of them yeah yeah and living from scarcity it sounds like like i just have enough time i don't have enough resources i want to but i can't Correct. Absolutely. Um, The eighth limiting belief is the limiting belief of being powerless. So these are, um, so Steve, my fiance, um, when he's in his shit, this is him. Um, So this limiting belief has an incredible fear of being dominated. So if you look at Donald Trump, Mm. perfect example of, 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 um, I'm powerless. Mm -hmm cannot deal with the fact that he lost that election. No. And so that that to him is his absolute worst fear, that someone else has dominated him. Mm. Someone else has gotten better than him. Mm. Um, this limiting belief has, has real difficulty being open and vulnerable, real difficulty letting people in, does not want to be seen as weak, does not want to be seen as soft, does not want to be seen as anything that could be prey you know if you liken it to they're like the lion they never want to be the zebra Mm. they have to be the king of the jungle and so they do that um, by being quite overpowering and dominating and um, sort of dictating you know that it can be quite a a dictating dictatoring dictating I don't know what word that what word it is but you know what I mean (laughs) dictatorship let's call it that um so you could imagine that, you know, a lot of the people I'm thinking of like Hitler from the past who have done some pretty awful things mm. that involve them being the most powerful, um, you know, that you can bet your bottom dollar that that was birthed out of that kind of limiting belief. Mm. Yeah. And I bet everyone listening, Kat, well, for all of these, but there's little, you hear little things and if a person's coming to mind, you know, yeah. there's little hints about what's, what's going on there because the core of that is if I don't do this I'm not safe mm-hmm. you know so we do what we can it's a very primal thing right okay yep. this is how we this is how we live how we stay safe yes mm. and this is why it's so sad because 
people legitimately identify with that limiting belief and they think that that's just the way the world works. It's their navigation system. Yeah. It's their orientation system. Mm. So they're, uh, if they're from, if they're at point A and point B is never let anyone dominate you, yeah. you bet your bottom dollar you're going to get in that car and drive whatever road you need to drive and drive over whoever you need to drive over to ensure you get to point B of never being dominated. Yep. So this is where that empathy comes in. And it's so difficult because you think, oh, my gosh, but people do terrible things. But when you know this work, it's so difficult because you think, oh, I know, but it's birthed out of such a sad place. Totally. And an innocent place when they were younger, but it's just continued to manifest and manifest and manifest into a personality or a person that does shit things to people, mm. you know, or even to themselves. Yeah. I think like learning about all of this makes me feel so grateful to work with kids because that's where it needs to start. Like we oh. need to support our kids. You can see it developing so early, can't you, Kat? Like you're, oh, you're man. still quite young. Yeah, those ways of of being in the world a lot of my kids already feel like they don't belong and I totally. I'm just like oh I want you to know you belong this way I know I know yeah. I know well, by the time children are five to six years old that's that shit's locked in then their egoic navigation system it's locked in mm. so that's why when you send kids to school in you know prep and they're six years old you're sending in a lion a zebra a giraffe a hippopotamus a cat a fluffy dog you know and then you're just going there's a zoo hopefully you don't get eaten alive today but we do we get eaten alive from the powerless person who wants to dominate and then you have that not worthy person in the corner going oh I'll do whatever I have to do you know it's it's if you look at it like that that's actually what's happening in 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 with kids when you send them to school that's why they come home crying that's why they come home sad that's why the bully always feels tough that's why it's there you know so I 100% agree like my my dream would to have school curriculum have subjects such as this to be put in a very simple way to help kids come out of this false sense of self way earlier so terrible things don't have to continue to happen yeah you know and childhood bullies often grow up into adult bullies unless they have that pivotal moment where they're like fuck I was such a dick yep but the childhood bullies I think we even learned that at school often feel powerless at home and often need yes. to feel better about themselves and that's you know we get taught that from such a young age but it's I don't know I don't know if we're approaching it in the right way and hopefully we are and hopefully things have changed at schools but it's about how can we make the you know of course the other people feel safe but also the bullies feel safe you know you don't actually need to do totally. to belong or to be accepted. totally or yeah. to be powerful you don't have to do that to be powerful you right. know it's like redefining what enough looks like redefining what capacity looks like redefining what belonging looks like mm. um you know, there's there's just such there's such good work that could be done. Totally. Yeah. It might be a gig for you. What's that? It might be a gig for you, Kat. I know. I'm like, because I keep talking about it. So all my followers are like, do it. <laughs> Create a school. 
people or talk to the no. government. I'm like, you fuckers do it. <laughs> and then imagine the Zero Fucks Tuesday with the little kids. I know. Just having a little bloody boogie. Oh, that yeah. would be that would be life. <laughs> um, the last limiting belief before I forget, it's yeah. limiting belief of not being capable, feeling like you're not capable, allowed to be capable, mm. allowed to be capable to be powerful. This 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 limiting belief kind of like um, captures quite a few of the other limiting beliefs because it just believes it can't it's not allowed to be capable can't be capable of being worthy capable of earning money capable of you know being loved capable of loving capable of like I said before being powerful capable of like success it's a real (laughs) this is a sad this one's quite a sad limiting belief because they just believe that they don't have it in them they don't have it in them to do anything so they can be cruisers, they can be coasters, they can just kind of go through life and, and tell themselves or sell themselves that they're cool with that, but they have hopes and dreams and desires inside of them, but they just don't think they have it inside of them to get it done. Is this the self-effacing one? The so good. Yeah. 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 I yeah. found it really interesting looking through them because I wonder if other people look through them and they're like, oh, I want to be that one. Totally. There are some that we put on a pedestal. I feel like self-effacing is very much put on a pedestal. Like it's all good. You know, you can do what you want. I'm chill. I've tried to be that girl before, you know, I'm just fucking fine with whatever and I'm totally not fine. And internally you're like, ah! (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Even in the little like, there's a difference between, um, so to say that's showing itself as a limiting belief, there's a difference between that and then when you're actually um, acting from, you know, your higher self or what I've, that list I've got on my bathroom wall, I typed out after one of my sessions with Kat, which is signs that I'm living, I'm acting from stress and signs that I'm acting from, you know, my higher, my higher self or my true yeah. self. Um, and so there's a difference between being the self-effacing type out of um, feeling incapable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, the difference mm-hmm. between that and where you're acting from your, you know, your true self, where you do literally feel at peace with certain things. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Different. Yeah, it's a different energy. It's mm-hmm. a different feeling. Mm-hmm. So nine is the self-effacer. Yep. Um, do you mind like not running through each and every um part of it but there's a name right like where the tragic romantic yes um, yes 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 and is yes. one perfectionist yes so um the limiting belief of not being perfect or needing to be perfect links to the enneagram type which is a personality profiling an enneagram type called the reformer or the perfectionist yep. The limiting belief of not being worthy links to the, the personality type of the helper the pleaser the limiting belief of not being good enough links to the personality profile of being the achiever. Mm. The number, um, the limiting belief of not belonging links to the personality profile of, the, it's called the tragic romantic. Um, the limiting belief of not, of like needing to control is called the investigator. So up in the head, mm-hmm. the limiting belief of not trusting um, as a personality profile is called the loyalist. 
Um, and it's also called the loyalist and the terrorist. So that's like what I was talking to you before, mm. how my stepdaughter latches onto me, but she will like ban other people. Right. So she's got major trust issues towards men yeah. for, 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 for reasons she can't explain. Yeah. So she like goes ban to any nice man on the planet. So I'm trying to read redefine that for her mm. um so yeah that's called the loyalist and calls can also be called loyalist terrorist mm. the limiting belief of not having capacity is called the enthusiast so that's the one that goes about like oh i'll do this 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 and then the powerless limiting belief is called the challenger as a personality profile and then the not allowed to be capable is linked to the peacemaker mm. uh, personality profile your memory and capacity speaking of capacity, <laughs> I just well I'm just going around the diagram inside of my head yeah I'm watching it too I can sometimes yeah. see you close your eyes and kind of go yeah. to that clock I do that's exactly yeah. what I do <laughs> yeah. I think it's like really interesting to to hear what the limiting beliefs link to in terms of what you um what's called the enneagrams in yeah. the work that you do um, and I imagine that people listening can think of different people in their friendship group, mm-hmm. in their family. Ah, oh, that's where they're where they're sitting. Yep. So, so part of our work is looking at, um, and I guess I've done a fair bit of work in terms of my without knowing, in terms of my sense of belonging and things before I got to my work with you. But I still have like five key points that I can see playing up. Um, for me and then I have a list there classic me um, and go okay beautiful you're comparing yourself you're acting from stress or hey you're heightening that um, you know that situation or the love you had here or the um, the job there you're acting from stress Mm -hmm. and I'm just like if we can use ours for an example because I'm sure a lot of the, the kind of the tools will be relevant to a lot of Um, people are there for us specifically can you have a chat to us about some of the things that we can do to I guess bring us back into that you know that true self of ours Mm. Mm. so a very powerful one for the likes of you and I is to not uh, go and play in the playground for too many hours with our emotions Mm. often Often our limiting belief and our Enneagram can base reality on how we feel. And how we feel is often driven by an unconscious thought or a conscious thought. So if all of a sudden you're all like, hey, I'm so fine and so happy, and then next minute you feel flat and down and in the dumps, Mm -hmm. then if, if the likes of you and myself go play with that, like get ready for a fucking life of a roller coaster, <laughs> right? So say, for example, that for, well, in that example, it's about acknowledging that we have emotion and that it's okay to have emotion. So the, 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 the answer really is it's like just come back into fucking reality. Mm. Come back into fucking reality. Don't you dare base reality on how you feel. Mm. What is going on in reality right now? you've met someone or you're single or you live in a house by yourself with two dogs or you have a 
fiance and two stepchildren, right? Take the power out of the emotion that has the potential to poison reality or like put a love potion on it. And then when the love potion wears off, it's like, oh, reality is so terrible. I don't belong in this world. I don't want to be here. Let me create another fantasy world. Right? So that. That's that's one thing. Another thing is it's determining, and this is what in my in my coaching I call it a bee's dick analogy. You've <laughs> got to know, we've got to know when we are creating, or when we are being alone, choosing to be alone, and doing that from a place of. I actually truly feel good about this. I'm, I'm happy being in my space. I'm enjoying my own space. I'm not doing it to push anyone away or to whatever else. There's no story behind it. It's just like, no, nah, I'm doing this mm-hmm. versus needing so much space. And this is a story that I'm always catching myself out with, mm-hmm. needing so much space in order to feel a certain way yeah. because that is when we can uh, push, push, others away, push friends away, push family away, push reality away and then create feelings of loneliness and you feel like no one's there, you feel like you're all alone because, well, you fucking are. Mm. But often it's self-created. So it's having that uh, really deeper sense of self and understanding of, okay, you know, am I I wanting to be alone just close or am I doing that to push people away? And I think I share this with you in, my, in our last coaching session where I was living with someone, I was living alone for six years. And in the beginning, I did it from a place of, no, I want to stand on my own two feet. I wanted to stand on my own two feet. I was living with my brother and his girlfriend at the time. And I was like, no, I want my own space and just to jam on my own. Yeah. But then that fested into six years of living on my own and then being really afraid of letting a housemate in because I didn't want them to see parts of myself that were ugly or didn't want them to see how OCD I was, didn't want them to see how, part, like, basically see me. I didn't want them to see me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's so, you do, can't it, to withdraw. Correct. Like, just organise it all and then yes. I'll emerge and correct. be more accepted because I'll be all neat. Yeah, correct, correct. It's because we believe that something is so wrong with us it's, it's safer to keep people out there so that they don't have to see what we find shameful about ourselves when in truth people probably don't give a fucking shit. No. Um, so that's, that's another thing. Um, so feelings and also um, knowing when, okay, I've had enough fucking alone time. Time to go out into the world and just be human, okay? Mm. You're, not, you're not special. You're not an alien. You're not this. You're not that. Just get out into the world and play and integrate out into the world and play. Um, so it's that That's beautiful harmony. For me. Mm. Like that advice from you has been so life-changing and I think that's why I've loved our work is there's literal things that I can do that day yep. to feel different. You know, it's yep. not, um, there's a place for spiritual woo-woo, but it's, oh, okay, so that's a different thing. It's not um, spiritual highway bullshit. It's very yeah. much like, if you, you know, I find it very grounding spirituality that if you want to act from your higher self, boom, here we go. Like, let's really look at some of that heavier stuff. 
let's acknowledge it and let's do things that, you know, for example, for me, it is, it makes me think of a lot of like the creative tortured artists that are mm-hmm. recluses mm-hmm. And themselves from the world because they have such a brilliant creation to bring to the world. And, and we, we need those people because they do bring these beautiful things to the world, but you can see where they become lonely and where yes. they become disconnected from people. Yes. Um, this, this tip from you has shown me and reminded me of where people set boundaries out of self-compassion and self-love and self-worth yep. or they set boundaries where we see in different attachment styles, right, where they set it out of anger or yep. out of fear and they become so um, withdrawn that you can tell it's not coming from a place of, no, I need this space. I just mm-hmm. uh, I need this space and then I will come back out and then mm-hmm. go back Um yeah, which I I think is a bit, little bit sad and not to attach shame to doing that, but I think that um, in, a, in a world where we're really starting to learn about, you know, setting boundaries, I think that it's important to understand where you're setting them from as well because for sure, um, I think that can lead to going from overextending yourself to pulling yourself way back yeah. Yeah. and missing that middle ground. 100%. Yeah. Yep. Amen. The work that you do is so great, Kat. Like this ah, is thank you. third, um, <laughs> third feeling moment, but it's been, yeah, quite phenomenal um, to be a part of in as a human. Mm. You know what I mean? It wasn't being in the it or being in the, you know, yeah. you levitate off the floor. Like maybe that just comes in week 10 for you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been, um, yeah, great to have those things to do. It's grounded. It's, it's grounded. It's, um, it's, it's taking those spiritual concepts and, and bringing them down here and, and that's, that's that, you know, that integration piece where sometimes we can be so stuck into our human or so stuck into our spiritual nature that, like you said, um, you either swing from one way to the other, just like what you said in creating boundaries. You can either be totally blown out or too rigid. Yeah. It's the same with that. And this work, it's like, hey, let's, let's, let's let the human meet the spirit and go, oh, fuck, hey, <laughs> let's party. Yeah. let's let's talk let's you know let's date yeah let's court. yeah uh, and sometimes they fight sometimes they fight sometimes they get pissed off sometimes you know the human says fuck off and then the spirit goes well I'll just be hanging around here whenever you're ready to come back you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's it's like that yeah in your work so our program like I refer to our program as unfuck yourself like that's what I'm doing with you. And you also run a program called the Zero Fucks Movement, which yep. I think is all quite linked, right? Of, um, yeah, that beautiful notion of how can you give your fucks to what matter? Yep. And I'll always remember you saying that, that I don't want to encourage people to not give a fuck about anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do want to encourage people to direct their fucks to what is worthy of than being directed to rather than that useless bullshit that I think we all can fall into a pattern of directing it, you know, but what if he doesn't call or what if, Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, what if the time's wrong tomorrow? All those stupid little things that you can sometimes listen to your friends or family saying and be like, what? Why? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's because they're in their, in their head and in yes. their ego. Um, can you have a chat to us about how your movement looks at supporting people to be the true selves that they are and who they really want to be? And you call it leading with the heart, right? Mm. Yeah. yeah yeah it's so and yes I do talk about the zero fucks movement it's it's not about never giving a fuck mm. uh, it's not about sticking the bird up to other people and go I don't fucking care what you fucking think mm. it's 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 about the self yeah. it's about giving zero fucks to the thoughts in your head or the beliefs in your head or the stories in your head that really at the end of the day when you're on your deathbed or you're sitting on your rocking chair looking out at the world and going oh my god why why did I care about that why did I waste my 20s why did I waste my 30s why did I waste my 50s on fucking that so it's about giving zero fucks to the thoughts in our head an example I have a stupid but locked in limiting belief that I had, because I'm doing it now, I've broken through it, that I have fat legs. I have fat knees. Mm-hmm. Right? My brother, when I was young, he got, he got the John side of the legs who have all got really nice shaped legs. And mm-hmm. I got the Filipino side. I'm half Filipino. And so my brother would go, you got Punang Bayan legs, you got San Juan legs, you got fat knees. And he would literally grab my knee and like wiggle the fat. Oh, so, brother being brother, right? Brother being brother. Mm-hmm. And my way to adapt to that yeah. was to never wear shorts. Mm-hmm. So I'd always wear pants or I'd wear things below my knee. Mm-hmm. And so I would tell myself up until I'm 35, up until like three weeks ago, I'm just a chick that doesn't fucking wear shorts. Mm-hmm. I just don't wear shorts. I'm cool with not wearing shorts. I like my bag of pants. I like my linen pants. Mm-hmm. I like my whatever pants, right? And then it was, it's starting to get hot. And I thought, what am I doing? What am I doing? Why, what am I, why am I doing this? I, it's getting hot. I don't want to wear shorts. I see people out on the street, some, you know, who are lean, who are big, who are in the middle. And I'm like, they all look fucking fine. Mm. Wear shorts. <laughs> Here I am telling myself, you can't wear the shorts. Mm. You can't wear the shorts. So that is something if I went to my, my rocking chair or on my deathbed, I would, as that however old person I am, go, hey, bitch, at 35, wear the goddamn fucking shorts. <laughs> Don't give a fuck. That's not worth giving a fuck about, no. right? So yeah. it's, it can be as small as that that you, that, that you give zero fucks to. So I, I had to apply my own analogy of, oh, cat, please, just no more, no more. This does not deserve my time, my energy, my fucks, my focus. So just I'm wearing shorts. That's yeah. it. I'm wearing shorts to the gym. I'm wearing shorts to the cafe. I'm wearing shorts down the street. Even if I see a skinny girl or a hot guy and I think, oh, my God, they're standing on my legs. They're, one, they're fucking not. And two, who the fuck cares? Yeah. yeah. So the Zero Fucks movement is about us challenging those kinds of thoughts. It can be giving zero fucks about you know, uh, finally standing up to your boss and saying, 
I want that pay rise. I know you've said no for the last four years because of X, Y, Z, but I've seen everyone else get pay rises except me. Mm-hmm. You can have a zero fucks moment of, you know, not wearing makeup when you go to the supermarket because you're tired of, of thinking you need to look perfect. You can have a zero fucks moment of, this is the relationship I don't want to be in, but I keep telling myself, what if I don't find someone else? What if this is the best that I can get? What if, what if, what's it going to be like on my own? And you have a moment where you challenge that belief and go, no, I'm unhappy. So I'm going to have that hard conversation. I'm going to ask for that pay rise. I'm not going to fucking wear makeup and, and just start living mm. and channel that living into cool. What else can I give a fuck about that's important? What else can I give my energy and attention and focus to that matters way more than bitching about the boss that's not giving me the pay rise, than bitching about the relationship that I don't want to be in? And look, I get it. We're human. We're all going to have a bitch. We're all going to have a wind. We're all going to have a complain. But when you can hear yourself do it over and over again and you're telling yourself a shit story, like you got to just pull back, call bullshit on yourself, imagine yourself at 90 and really asking yourself, is it going to matter? Come back to reality have a zero fucks moment and start putting it somewhere else. Mm. That's what the movement is. And so the online social media movement of dance, because it's through dance. So that's just one metaphor mm. to use where so many people are like, oh, I wish I could dance like that. I wish I could just like let free and let loose. And it's like, well, you actually fucking can. Mm-hmm. You, know, you actually can. If you got music at home, which I'm sure you do, and if you got legs or arms or a head, you know, you can like, you can, you can boogie. And if you've got a phone or something you can record with, mm. you can, you can do that. So mm. dance, it's, it's the metaphor to free them of that limiting belief that, you know, what if they look like an idiot or what if it doesn't look good or what if whatever. And it's imprinting, you know, every Tuesday into their mind, what else are you giving a fuck about? That's mm. absolutely pointless. Yeah. So that's the movement. Because you're freeing, like, do you say free your shit through movement? Yeah. 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 So you're yeah. bringing to the table your shit. Yes. And in terms of like, fucking letting it go, embodiment wise and stuff, like we know that movement and things like that actually stirs up emotion. Um, like I know you and I, I had a session, like our last session, wasn't it, that I got off. Yeah. I said to you, I'm like, oh, I'm getting emotional. And I hadn't been, I hadn't cried for months. And I I just felt really like, oh, and I put on this playlist and just moved. It was really slow music. Mm. That's what I needed and just moved to it. And I just let myself cry about the, the big year that has been 2020 and heartbreak and change and, you know, loss and it was wonderful mm-hmm. and that's one version of it. But then I see women dancing on your, so if you guys ever want to check it out, like this is how I first came to Cats. Someone <laughs> heard to me maybe three years ago and was like, check out this chick. She like dances her shit out and doesn't give a fuck. That's how they explained you. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. And that's how I found Cat. And the women that tag you in their stories and you re-upload yeah. And see them like some of them are in this really good spot, right? And you can see that yep. reflected in the music and their dance. Yep. Um, and you can see other ones that come on and that it's you can see it's the beginning. Like for me, it was totally total beginning of getting back into my body. I was pretty like 
not fully broken, but little parts of me were broken when I connected with you for coaching. Mm. So for me, that movement was super slow, super private. Um, but it's, oh gosh, that's it. That's changing lives, isn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah it really is. It's, it's uh, a window into, like I said before, what else? What else am I holding myself back from? Because once I finally do it, they're like, oh, my God, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. And it's like, no fucking shit. So what else do you think is that bad in your head that may not be that bad? You know, so I apply the zero fucks to, to lots of things where I might be having such negative views of my stepdaughters and, like, the energy that I'm creating is just, like, blah. I just think, oh, my God, Kat, really, 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 really? Like, do you want to continue to do this or what would you prefer? I would prefer to just be chill, to be cool, chuck on music, hang out with them, have a fucking chit-chat. And it's like, okay, cool. Well, then what are you going to do about it? Mm. So it, it's, it can be applicable um, to everything where you just say, it's, it's saying to yourself, like, I've just, I've had enough of that thought. I've had enough of playing in that, that field of misery or field of whatever complaining. And um, I'm just not going to do it. Like on Tuesday, a lady, she didn't dance, but her zero fucks moment was that she put herself up talking to camera without a filter. And she said, you know what? That's really big for me because I, I look at other people and I think they're prettier and yada, yada, yada. But she's like, you know what? This is me. And that was her zero fucks moment. Doesn't have to be dancing. Mm. Uh, We just use dances, as I said, that metaphor. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It really is so beautiful. I just think of that the fact that you're inspiring women to do that is quite phenomenal because we do live in a world where, unfortunately, I think the tough work is that we have been born into a certain world and we do need to do certain work to not let it change, to not let us let it pull us so far off our path that we don't recognise what we're doing. It does take little bits of work and that is a huge step to take as well. Absolutely. With, um, with these situations, um, so, you know, you had, I know on one of your podcast episodes, there was a situation with one of your stepdaughters and you do an ego clearing exercise. And I think that that's really uh, changed things for me. And that looks at, so what are all the thoughts I need to get out? Um, help me out here. I always forget the steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What so I- negative thoughts, yeah. negative feelings. Yeah. And what then I- what you're making it mean. Yeah. The self and about others and about the world. And that is your way, right, of getting all the shit out and then coming to the truth of, so where you say, oh, I have these thoughts and I'm like, Kat, what am I doing? Yep. You let it all out and then come back to the truth of what's going on there instead of of suppressing it because that's what I love about your work. You're not not highwaying past it being like, I don't give a fuck, it's fine, and then it'll bite you in the ass next week. You let it out and come to the... 100%. It's... Sometimes it's, again, it's that knowing, do I, need to, do I need to do this clearing exercise or um, do I just kind of like park the ego and tell it to calm down or do I, yeah, do I really need to, to do this? And, 
yeah, the example that I used was the situation. Um, well, I was, there's probably a couple of them, but my stepdaughter, she said to Steve that she felt uncomfortable seeing him get married. She mm-hmm. said, it's got nothing to do with Kat, but I just feel weird about it. You know, she's still a kid that wants her parents to get back together, even though she knows it's not healthy. And her and I have a cool relationship. It's all fine. It's just her stuff. So my negative thoughts went to just ruining my dream. She's selfish. Um, maybe I should leave the family. Like just blah, poured it all out. I felt angry. I felt displaced. I felt um, used, you know, like she's pretending to like me. Mm. So what I made that mean was that I'm not important to her. Mm. and. And so at the end of the day, what the truth of what was going on was, it, again, it was my little not belonging shit coming up. If this was my own kid, if this was my blood child, they'd be happy for me. But because it's not, then she's not happy. Therefore, that must mean it's because of me. So I don't belong in this family. Yeah. So there you go. It was like a little situation, little conversation. She said it very openly, very honestly. Um, and not like she's trying to not make us get married. She just shared her stuff. Yeah. Um, that triggered then me. And I was like, okay, I need to write this one out. <laughs> I'm feeling quite charged. Um, so that's what came about. And that's mm. not the truth. Mm. But you can see how if you don't have these tools or this working up your sleeve, we can create, I could have created a massive fight, a massive kick up. I could have left fucking Steve to go fuck his all. Yeah. You know, so to be able to know that, know that, know the work is, it's life changing. And I remember hearing it and being like, God, I reckon 90% of people would have, like you said, left and it would have been a conversation at coffee. Oh, well, the daughter just didn't accept me. So what could I do? No, I just couldn't get into their family and we'd all sit around and be like, oh, my God, that's awful. And you would be in a completely different scenario, right? But if we can unpack those little things, it makes me want to, like, sign up a lot of the people I know to your work. "Ah, (laughs) Get them in. Yeah. (laughs) Imagine the conversations that we could have knowing that we're just in our heads, Mm. our heart is hurting, and we are making this something about us and them rather than, the actual truth of what's going on yes game changer game changer my um i could talk with you all day Kat. <laughs> like sometimes i get so in the zone i'm like fuck what's the time <laughs> my um, my last question for you um which i think will wrap up like so there's quite a few questions but we can talk forever so i'm just going to ask one more um when you look back at younger cat, because I know that you've done a lot of work tuning into younger cat as well, but when you have done this work looking back at younger cat and the way that she was showing up about the world, would you tell her anything? Would you give her any advice? And if you would, what advice would you give? Oh, I, I really tell um, my younger cat. Uh, it's 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 really around to, to be herself mm. to 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 not spend your life um, trying to fit into other people's 
molds or ways or opinions basically what I would say is like form yourself form yourself as best as you can um and that it's okay to say no because the younger me um spent so much time saying yes to stuff that you know I didn't agree with or I didn't want to do um and it's it's would be really about creating like create your create yourself create your backbone like what do you what do you, what matters to you what's important to you what are your values um and do your best to live into that uh no matter how hard that may be or if you lose friends like it doesn't fucking matter it doesn't matter um actually the 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 what the thing that's really coming through now is what i would say to her is you don't need to make the whole world love you mm-hmm. you don't need to make the whole world love you just come here like come come into self and and love that that's such a beautiful you know if that could be the intro to my podcast <laughs> my entire podcast of create your life yeah that would be great because that you know when you you were tapping your heart then as you mm. said that come back to the heart that is what it's all about isn't it regardless yeah. of what we think will keep us safe like what does your heart want what do you want to create for yourself mm, 100% mm. you're such a gem ah <laughs> oh, you are a gem too i love chatting with you mm, so do i i i think that having an understanding of some of the things that like can be a sore point for us has been so Oh, just so validating and so human for me that it's made me feel, I always talk about the willow tree that's so grounded in strength that it feels free to um, blow its, you know, its light leaves around. And that's how it really feels working with you, Kat. And I hope that that's Mm. what our listeners have gained from this conversation is coming back to the strength and the foundation that we have already within us and feel free to create the lives that we want to live. Amen. Amen to that. I've loved being on this today. So thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for being here, Kat. My pleasure. Um, If anyone wants to find Kat, which you will because she's awesome, (laughs) um, please let us know how to find you and your wonderful movements. Sure. So Instagram is a great place to go and check me out. So that's cat.john, K-A-T dot J-O-H-N. All my services are up on my website, catjohn.com.au. And a nice place to start also, which you can see on all the links that I've got on my website or my Instagram is uh, my podcast as well that talks Mm. um, about other examples into the ego and into limiting beliefs and how I overcome certain things in my life. So they would be the three landing places. Oh, it's so good. The podcast is so good, guys. Hop off this one. and (laughs) (laughs) The only time you'll say that. (laughs) (laughs) Because, yeah, it's unreal. It's a blend of everything. You can take something away from every episode. Thank you, my love. Thank you, Kat. And I'll chat to you. When will it be? Next Tuesday. Tuesday. Yes. See you, gorgeous.